Welcome and thanks for listening to the Spirit of Time podcast. It's a spirited discussion of watch topics and some of the cool bon vivant stuff that overlaps our hobby, especially fine spirits, craft beer, cocktails, and wine. In other words, if it's boozy, smoky, sudsy, or smooth, we'll probably talk about it. Think of it as a watch-focused happy hour for your commute. We are your hosts. I am Matt. I'm Greg. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. All right, Greg, how are you, man? It's good to see you. Uh, it's great to see you. We are in a pretty fun setting, which I think we'll, you know, we won't tease too long. I think we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about today, but we're out on a field trip today, and we're at a, one of our favorite places here in Los Angeles with some of our favorite people, and, and I'm sitting here with you enjoying, uh, you know, great conversation, great drinks, and even better watches, quite frankly. Yeah, totally. Well, why don't you tell the people where we are, because we are... You know, I, what I think is a really kind of unique and special place. You can maybe hear it in the in the quality of the audio, right? The acoustics in here—it's a little echoey, but yeah. Well, we are at Feldmar Watch Company here in Los Angeles, um, which is sort of an institution, an anchor in the watch community, not only on the retail side, but in terms of hosting people and bringing watch enthusiasts together. And uh, we're, we're on a field trip to not only hang out, see our friends here. Um, but also we have a special guest that, uh, that we're going to be um, conversing with today who's got a lot to share with us and a really cool, interesting perspective on watches that she likes. Yeah, so we are, without going too much further down the small talk rabbit hole, let's just jump right into the wrist check, poor check, and then we'll introduce our guest. What is on the wrist today for you, Greg? Today I'm wearing my uh, Oris Big Crown Pointer Date 80th Anniversary in bronze, so that's the bronze and green dial variation. Um, I have it on a, on a Hovig Supply House Horween strap, which is, uh, in some people's estimation, how maybe, uh, you know, it, it belongs. Um, it's really fantastic. It's this marbled uh, green and brown um, uh, leather, which is really nice. I have but, a, a uh, rough, rough version of that strap. It's really great. You do. You do. A couple of this. It's a, it's a great strap. And, um, and I got this at Feldmar. Uh, this is actually one of the first introductions I think I had to Feldmar was coordinating this watch. I, right. had, I had mentioned it to a few people, we were talking extensively, and you said, yeah, if you're thinking about Oris, you really got to go see our friends at Feldmar. I had known of Feldmar, followed a few of the people, but I hadn't really spent any time in the store and hadn't shopped. And uh, next thing you know, I, I've got the, the big big crown pointer date on my wrist, and we've been coming back ever since. So I um, appreciate you for making that connection and bringing us here. This sort of seems full circle for me. Yeah, totally. Well, what's in the glass? What's in the glass? You know what? I'm actually... I'm actually surprised. This is one of our my favorite four checks that we've ever done. Yep. This is a Saranac, which I believe is also the brewery in upstate New York, right? That's the Saranac brewery, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. The, this is a Shirley Temple, a, a handcrafted soft drink. And I might be giving away a little bit who our guest is right now, but this is a fantastic pour check. It's bright. It's effervescent. It's delicious. This, so, spoiler alert, this is my pour check as well, the Saranac... Uh, the 1888 Shirley Temple. To me, this is like my childhood hitting me in the face, like memories. This to me tastes exactly like one of my favorite flavors, which when I was a kid, I would let the Otter Pop melt. And then, you know, it's like mostly melted, but still cold and kind of mm -hmm. slushy. The Cherry Otter Pop tastes so much like this. It's so good. On wrist today for me is the Tudor Black Bay GMT. Fantastic watch. 
I've swapped out the sort of the faux rivet oyster bracelet for the Forstner Jubilee. It's got it's heavily tapered. It just gives this watch a different look, and I, I think it's you know more of a even more kind of essential Rolexy vibe. Love this watch, and that's what's on for me. And I think, quite frankly, I think that's the look for me personally. I think so too. It lightens it up. Um, I could always kind of take or leave the faux rivets. It didn't really bother me, but it didn't add anything. But I think this is better. Anyway, we've been kind of chatting for a minute. We have uh, Shirley Temples in the glass. I think it's time to introduce our guest. We are joined today by, and we're not going to use your last name, but you are Dre, the junior horologist at Feldmar. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Here, so I'm going to put this microphone a little closer to you, and then just remember as you talk, just speak up a bit, because we are... We're, um, you know, recording on this thing here. It's also very echoey in this room. Yeah, it is echoey. In what this room, room are we in? Can you describe the room um, for us, Dre? This room is where we uh, Feldmar puts all their Breguet watches, and um, actually, one of the watches in here I've actually reviewed um, is the Breguet Torbone. Ooh, what a what a crazy cool watch! <laughs> what did you think of that of that tourbillon? There's a lot about it, a lot going on on the watch. When it was also one of my like later videos, it was when I was kind of new to it. I I couldn't really when I started, I couldn't really tell like the part a dial and a bezel, and I didn't know what, what a crown was. So you can see if you watch all of the videos in order, you can see how I've developed. In like my vocabulary and all that. <laughs> you you nailed it. You did a wonderful job explaining that. And so to give people a little bit of context, I think a lot of people, if not most, will probably be following Feldmar at this point. But if you go onto the Feldmar Instagram page, right, uh, there is a series, and you've you've definitely seen them, where Dre is doing a lot a, a sort of recorded review of a watch, and they're super fun, and she gives her sort of really honest feedback about what she thinks about a particular watch or watches and there's a whole series and so you can go back now anybody who is unfamiliar you can go back and, and look on the Feldmar page and you can see exactly what Dre is describing on some of her earliest videos to her more recent and sort of the uh, evolution of, of like you said your watch vocabulary your tastes and things that you liked about it and how you might describe a watch so that's sort of the context um, and uh, and so we have a few questions for you we'd love to hear about sort of how this came about and what you think about the thing. So if you don't mind, we have a couple questions that we prepared for you. Annie. Okay, first of all, tell us who you are and a little about yourself, like personally. Well, um, well, I'm Jay the Junior just <laughs> first. And um, a couple things about myself is I, um, I remember I was, I've been here since um, I was like, like three or four. I, I know all the people here, all by name. They're all friends, they all know who I am. And I can't even pick a favorite. They're all great people here. They have great staff here. And um, I've always, some of the watches that I've reviewed, I've always been drawn to. Um, like um, some of the Breguet watches, I did um, a Serpenti review and I've always been like waiting for that watch to like be, to be like on my wrist. Aha, uh -huh. that's like the watch you want when you are <laughs> yeah. older, yeah? That's, 
That's well, one of my favorite watches. All right, well, that, that was going to be one of our questions, but let me ask you this next. How did you become the junior horologist? Whose idea was it, and how did it start? Well, um, it started by um, my mom. Um, she had to go back into her office after, like, during COVID, and um, two days a week. So she couldn't leave her office and come and pick me up. So my dad will, would come and pick me up. And I started just getting hand sanitizer and spraying all the phones and sanitizing them. But then Jimmy, the person who's behind all, all the editing and the camera um, in our videos, um, he said, oh, how about Dre can review this watch, this watch. And every time I came, um, there was a new watch that I could, that I could um, review. Okay, so for the people listening, Jimmy is Jimmy English. Jimmy was a guest on our show. We interviewed him about a year ago. And he is uh, Watch Fiend on Instagram. So a lot of people will know who Jimmy is. And he kind of does the marketing and internet sales, among yeah, other he, things here. He um, also, he and Tom, who's someone who works here, um, they're all like on the social media. They're the people who, Tom is taking most of the photos. Okay. But some of them, it like is between Jimmy and Tom because I can always tell. Like, is that Jimmy, is that Jimmy who took the photo or Tom took the photo? Because most of the time, Tom, there's a booth in, um, behind the counter, and it's for taking photos of the watch. And um, Tom uses that, so he uses flashing, and um, Jimmy just, Jimmy just puts the watch on, and he finds, like, good lighting, mm -hmm. and he takes the photo. Jimmy takes really good pictures. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yep. He takes very good photos. Absolutely. Well, we sort of have hinted at this, right? You came, you came here, or started coming here at, to Feldmar with your mom because she had to go back to work, but the reason you came here is because your dad is here, right? Yeah. So, your dad works here. This place is like a big family. Jimmy yeah. is almost probably like your uncle. Along yeah, with kind ben, of. Right? I see him a lot, a lot more than some of my uncles. So. <laughs> yep, yep. So your dad works here. Now that you've had a chance to do this for a while, do you think that you will follow your dad into this business? I think I will. Yeah. Okay. Because how old I, are you now? Uh, I'm eight, but I think first it'll be my brother, then my sister, and well, probably my brother and sister at the same time since they're so close in age. But I'll be probably last because my sis my siblings, my brother and my sister are so much older than me. So they'll probably take over first and then I'll do it later. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like when I'm done with school. Well, you're getting a good start. Yeah, I think so. So how do you, we've seen a lot of different watches that you've reviewed and you even told us about a couple right now. How do you decide what watches to review? Well, most of the time I come in, I put... I put my stuff down, I do what I need to do first, and then Jimmy's like, oh, Dre, do you like this watch? And I either say yes, no, or something like that. And um, if I say yes, we wait until I'm done with like what I'm doing. Like probably it would have been my homework, but, um, and then we do a review on it. Also, most of the reviews are actually done in this room. They are mostly in this room that we're in right but now. But the starting, 
uh, the start of when I did my reviews, we were always in the room next to us. The, the Blanc Pond room. Yes. The Blanc so yeah, Pond for, room. for the listener, Feldmore is kind of a, a conventionally laid out boutique, but there are individual sub boutiques in the store that are literally kind of walled off and they're sort of like a store within a store. You may see this at other places. And we are currently, as we said, we're in the Breguet room and right next door is Blanc, Blanc Pond. Exactly. That's, that's my favorite, right? Anyway, um, <laughs> is it true that some brands want you to review their watches now that they've seen you do it? Yes. Um, sometimes when, when like their reps come and I meet their reps, they're like, oh, Jay, could you maybe sometime do a review on this watch and they like they like show me the watch here in the store and um and I like I'm like yeah of course I'll do a review and every time I come in Jimmy sometimes brings out the watch that they actually um they um said they wanted me to review Mm -hmm. all right well that makes sense so I tell you what, we won't mention any names, okay? So don't mention any brands. But there are, are there ever any brands that you think would be mad if you didn't like their watch? Some brands, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. That might be... I don't know. It's never happened before. So okay. I don't know. We won't go there. We won't go there. So you mentioned wanting to maybe continue being involved with watches. And so we're curious... What sort of things do you want to do with this project? We're calling, you know, your, the, the junior horologist your project, you know, or if you get old, when you get older, if you're still liking watches so much, do you think you might want to make something even bigger, maybe a video channel or a website or a blog? Where do you, where would you like to take the junior horologist? Well, I don't know. I'd probably pass it on or like to other children that come into the store or like my when I have children um because it's like been a thing it started with me and my dad's always been involved with watches he's actually been business for about I think oh like 10 years maybe more I don't know I think more <laughs> yeah yes. I think like maybe 18 years or something a long time a long 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 time i like that that's really interesting so it's less about you and more about passing it on maybe to another generation of of junior horologists (laughs) yeah that's really neat i think it's a very interesting perspective on it a kind of a a generational approach yeah Yeah. i feel like um i wouldn't want to push it on someone do this do this do the junior horologist. I wouldn't want to do that because I've actually, I, I like doing it and it's like something I look forward to during the week. And um, I wouldn't want to push it on someone, say, do this, <laughs> do the junior horologist. Gotcha. It's better when somebody wants to, wants do, it. to do it. Yeah, exactly. Enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. We're going to actually ask you to review a watch but do you think, when you think back on all the watches you've d- reviewed as the junior horologist, what is your favorite? Do you have one? Um, I do have one favorite, and it was the Karl F. Bucher. Um, 
I can't remember what that watch was called though. Um, is it the one with the, all the colors? Yes, it has all the colors, and it's um I think it was a collaboration with um with Carandosh. Okay. Um, I think it's a it's a brand of colored pencils in Switzerland. Okay. We'll and, have to take um, a look. I actually got a a set of Carandosh colored pencils, and they are. Very good color pencils. Oh, very good. I've actually used them a lot. And how many? You got a special set, didn't I you? Got, I got a set of 60, maybe. Oh, maybe, wow. Maybe just 50. I don't, I don't know. Okay, so yeah, this is just for listeners, so you can kind of level set here. This is the, uh, the Bucherer Monero Flyback Signature. This is the... Um, Oh man, yeah. So this is going to be the Bicompax chronograph. It's got the really great pump pushers, and each of like the um, where there would be a numeric in index, right? Each of the indices are these awesome colors. So it looks like you know, starting at twelve, it's going to be kind of this deep red, and it kind of works its way as you go from one to two to three into like a you know a lavender or purple. By the time you get to nine, it's like green to yellow to orange and back to the top. This is an interesting, and the strap looks amazing. Yeah, it's like a really neat NATO. It's like multi-textured, multi-colored. And so this, like like Dre mentioned, this is in collaboration with Carandash Genève, Genève, which is a special sort of specialty, um, you know, Swiss uh, pencils and, and art and, and other uh, materials. And so that's a, that's a really neat one. Is this the right one, Dre, that we're looking at? Yes. Oh, that's the yeah, one. That's a cool watch. That one, yeah. I think it also comes with um, uh, where the red is on mm -hmm. the strap. I think it might come in a strap where the sh that color is blue. Oh, you can swap I it think. maybe. Mm -hmm. It's a nice, it's a quality it, um, strap. Because in the video, we kind of did an unboxing, and I think there was an extra strap that had the blue in it. Okay. Just Instead as, of the red. As an aside, Greg one of the great, you know, kind of automotive uh, and watch overlap things out there is going to be the movie Le Mans, the Steve, Steve McQueen movie mm -hmm. from like 1971, maybe 1970. There's a really famous movie, Dre, um, and the, the watch that's famous in there is the Tag Heuer, the hero watch that Steve McQueen wears. Yeah. Well, his friendly antagonist throughout that movie in the race, and this is kind of timely because Le Mans was just a week ago, um, was an actor named Siegfried Rausch, and this guy wore a Bucher or chronograph, and I'm trying to remember the color. In my head, I'm picturing it as green, but I really don't remember. I'd have to go back and check. It's super obscure, but I met the, the Bucher rep here one day and was talking about how great this watch was, and she had no idea that this existed, and she went, you know, and, and found this thing and was sending, like, you know, frantic emails, like, oh my God, one of the greatest, like, you know, watch movies ever made, or most iconic like watch appearances in a movie with motorsport. Our brand is in there too. Did we know this? Yeah. Yeah, because I think it was just the actor's watch. You That's know, it cool. wasn't anything. So any anyway, very cool. Well, I tell you what. What we wanted to do, if that's possible, usually you do videos, right, Dre? But would you do a review with us, just audio? Do you want to grab one of the watches behind you and kind of walk us through what that would be like? Sure. So Ooh, watch, you picked a good one. The watch I picked up was in um, Omega Omega Seamaster. Right. 
and um, it's a world timer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is the Omega Seamaster Aquaterra world timer, and it's really cool. Tell us about it. Pretend I'm the camera, and just <laughs> do like you would do for your review. So um, there are these um, names of cities or um, states. There's, there's like New York on here. And there's also where we are right now, Los Angeles. Right. And um, back and in front of it, there's um, a little tiny arrow. And it points to a number. And it says this is, it's like, for, if I look at Alaska, it says it's halfway between 10 and 11. That's where the arrow's pointing. Okay. And if I look at Tokyo, it looks like it's halfway between four and five. And you can actually, it's, um, it says a little bit of military time. Like if I look at Moscow, it points in between 23 and 22. Like halfway in between. And then um, in London... In London, it points to, um... I can't quite see it from here. Here, do you want me to I'll take a look? Yeah. Yeah. So let's see, I um, have to reorient myself here. Yeah, so it looks like in London, based on... We, I don't think this is set to correct local time, but this is... Uh, it looks like it would be 1930 hours, based on how this watch is set. So that's like 7.30 p.m. there. But I'm, I love that dial. Yeah. What do you think of that? What, what else stands out to you? Well, the first thing I saw when I picked up this watch was um, it has a globe in the middle of the watch, and it says Seamaster on the top. It also um, it also has something that says 18, which is today's date, um, and also it has. Um, an open case back. Right, I like that. Mm hmm And um, if you close, if you cl close the watch, there's um the Omega. This there's an Omega logo, and if you open it, there's also something that says Omega in word form. It's called like a, a word mark, I think. Right? Is that the term? Yeah. Yep. And um, on the crown, it also has. The Omega, um, like logo, but also like, um, in most most watches that I review, they have their logo on the crown, like the Omega that I have right now. And also another thing that I love about this watch is um, the strap. The strap, it's it's very comfortable. It almost. I believe it's a rubber strap. That's what it feels like. It mm. might be leather, though. <laughs> it looks and feels like it's some kind of weird combination between rubber and leather. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's made like the texture looks like leather, but it's it's. It feels rubber. like rubber. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. So, what do you think you would wear this watch? Uh, I think I would. Mm -hmm. Um, it's. Because I have, um, my family comes from a bunch of different places, and my mom actually has family um, in a different state, 
Mm-hmm. And um, my sister um, goes to college, and it's um, in Massachusetts. So I'd always, like, if I look at New York time, because it's the same as Massachusetts time, I can always know what time it is there. If she's awake, and I can call her. If she's asleep, and I can wait till tomorrow. That's right. Well, that was going to be the question I would have asked you, is, like, who would be, who would like a watch like this? And you kind of just hit I it right there, of, like a traveler, right? I kind of answered it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So overall... But I think the person that like that would like this watch the most is either my... is probably my dad <laughs> out of the family. Your dad's a big Omega guy. He is. Also, um, I think we have the biggest Omega case in Feldmar. It's it's like a whole room. It's, it's a very big... It's a very big Omega room. <laughs> it's one of my favorite rooms in the store. Mm-hmm. Yes, mine too. I, I spend a lot of time looking at Seamasters over there. <laughs> Probably more than I should. Well, that's fantastic. There is one other question I have for you, and that is, like, do you think a watch like this would be better on a bracelet or on that rubber that it's on? I think probably um, a rubber because it matches it matches the dial, the dark blue dial, and this matches. And also um, the stitching, the lightly stitching matches some of the words there. Right. And also um, here where it says some of the numbers. Yeah, so the other, like the, the way you'd set the time zone, that inner kind of rotating disc. Mm-hmm. It matches the same color. So we talked earlier a little bit, and you like straps better than bracelets, mostly. I do. Is that correct? Because I feel like I would um, clamp my um, I clamp my skin on it, or like um, some of like the little. Actually, I think we have um, a a watch on a bracelet over here. Ow, it just hit my knee. That's all right. <laughs> like. One of these, these oh, links. Yes, the polished centers. Yes. They like, like pinch, mm-hmm. pinch mm-hmm. my finger or my wrist. Should we go ahead and just review this while it's in hand? I think people are quite interested to hear. Say, yeah, let's, let's, it is a very cool watch. It's a very we, cool we won't talk about all the watches, but let's talk about this one too, just because we hadn't planned on this, but this is a cool watch. No big deal, folks. It's just a, <laughs> it's just the green dial Panamatic Looter from Bashita. Um, so yeah, why don't you tell us about this watch and what do you think about it? Well, this watch, when I first saw it, um, um, I went on a trip with my family and we saw, um, some Michael Benevente, um, who works for Bova and Accutron, and this reminded me, um, of an Accutron watch. Mm-hmm. The green, I think it's a new, it's a new one. Yeah, it's a I new took, space view. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what it first reminded me of. But it also has a moon phase, which tells you like, is it full moon, a lunar, a lunar phase moon? And it also has um, a panorama date. What does that mean to to folks? Maybe if they don't know what panorama date means, how would you describe well, that? It's like on the Seamaster. It's kind of. It's smaller because you need to fit all the names in and um, the arrows. 
but um, this one is a lot bigger. Really big, right? It is very big. Um, so somebody like me with old eyes, I can read it even, <laughs> even from a long way off. What do you think about that bracelet, though? You were starting to say, you know, you don't like bracelets as much, but that bracelet is is pretty good, I think. Yeah. I also, um, I have a watch of my own. Um, that's a tag player, and um, it, it once, it, like, I was wearing it, and I don't know if I was wearing it too tight, but it felt like it was, like, clamping mm -hmm. my wrist. Because I had to, when I first got it, I had to, like, I had to ask my dad. Um, I had to tell my dad, Dad, this feels too loose, or Dad, this feels too tight. And he told me to go um, ask one of the watchmakers to take out a link. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if my wrist just grew and it feels too tight now. Maybe. Probably that. Well, if you had this glashuto on your wrist, you might use the, the in-buckle micro-adjust. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Built into the buckle, into the glashuta logo is a, a push-button micro-adjust, which is pretty tremendous. It's so good. I'm so spoiled now by the, the Seamaster in particular, but anything that has that kind of feature, I have to have it now. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> How about the rest of that dial drain? What else, what else strikes you about it? Well, um, not like, unlike the Seamaster, it's not the whole watch that's... Um, take, take, it's not taking up the whole watch to tell the time. There's um, a little circle right. that has um, just little lines to mark as um, as the hour markers, and, um, and it doesn't have any numbers. It just has little lines on it. Mm -hmm. It's very elegant, I think. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And um, there's also a subdial that's. The second hand. Yep. So it's like a circle within a circle <laughs> within, within a, a circle. circle. <laughs> within a semicircle. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, no, that's an amazing watch. I love that the comparison of the dial and how it reminds you of the 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 Accutron. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's it's a very similar kind of iridescent, almost like translucent green. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Well, I think. Well, I want to I want to ask one more question about our drinks today. You actually picked the drinks for us all to enjoy today, and we want to know, and I think the listeners might be interested, why Shirley Temples and what you think of them. Well, I all I always loved um, Shirley Temples since I was since I was little, <laughs> and um, and every time because some menus when I go to fancy fancy restaurants or fancier restaurants right um they don't have like a part of the menu that says these are the beverages that we have so if i like see like a bar in front of us or like behind us or something i always ask can you guys do a shirley temple or something and they most of the time they can so i always get really happy when they can because i um I actually just learned that I liked the cherries that come in a Shirley Temple. Oh, there's a whole world of those cherries out there. That's yeah, right. and I always, I always gave the cherries to my sister because I first tried it when I was like four, I think, four or five, 
and I didn't like them. Um, and now um, I tried it, and um, I said, I'm not giving to my my cherries to my sister anymore. <laughs> and then my sister yelled down from upstairs, yes, you are. <laughs> you weren't giving all your cherries to me. And well, I said you. she had to... Um, she had to get her own Shirley Temple. <laughs> well, we had a we have a mobile setup here in the brigade room, obviously, and uh, and Dre did say as we poured our Shirley Temples into our glasses, "Where's the cherries?" And so, I appreciate your your attention to detail and your desire for garnish. I think next I, time we'll make sure we we uh, uh, supply those. It's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just joking. <laughs> well, that's something, yeah, that we talk about, right? We talk about the, the bars and the drinks and the different kinds of cherries, and I think it sounds like you found a place that maybe uh, had Luxardo cherries, is my guess. Yes. And that's the good stuff. Well, very good. Well, Dre, thank you for coming on with us. We're going to go and take a look at some other stuff, so we'll say goodbye to you for now. We really wish you a lot of luck being the junior horologist. It's a lot of fun. This is very different than anything we've other anything we've done before, but we, I think it's important, right, that there's young people coming up into the watch world, and that's clearly you, and frankly, that there's females in the watch world, and that's you too, so <laughs> thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. We'll see you next time, okay? Okay. All right, so for our next uh, kind of segment here on our extended field trip at Feldmar, we are talking to none other than Ben. Ben, help me with your last name, because I always see you in print, and I'm always okay. <laughs> how does this sound? Yeah, it's a fun name. Uh, ben Scheidt from the store manager at Feldmar. Okay. Um, yeah, been hanging out here for about four years, and gosh, it's been a lot of fun meeting you and meeting the guys around here. So, well, yeah. I appreciate it. Um, and, you know, I'm going to get a little bit like, uh, I don't know, bro out or whatever. But, you know, when I worked in this area, Greg, I was literally here to the point where I was like, you know, Freddie used to say I should just have a, a time card and punch in here because I would eat across the street but probably three days a week. And everybody in here always treated me like family and, you know, not like, oh, this tire kicker again. I think I also still look wistfully across the street, just waiting for the day that Matt's over there enjoying his uh, delicious shawarma. But you know, that's uh, that's for another day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the, what we wanted to talk about just for this segment is the pre-owned program yeah. that you have at Feldmar, because this is um, not something that I've seen anywhere else. And I think you and I talked about this. It sounds like it's fairly unique. Can you kind of walk us through the pre-owned? Program. Absolutely. So um, it, it's a lot of fun, especially for us guys that enjoy experiencing different timepieces and um, uh, perhaps it, just having a, a spot in the box that is that turn piece, so to speak. So we have what we call our buyback program. So um, essentially anything that you pick up out of our pre-owned case. Um, uh, it, so say this beautiful uh, Breitling Aerospace, my favorite quartz watch in the world. You scoop this up and say within a two-year period, you'd like to trade it towards something else, we'll give you 80% credit towards your next pre-owned piece. So it's a great way to churn and move through uh, different pieces and experience some different pre-owned aspects. So uh, it's a lot of fun. I know, yeah, there's people that we know in our sort of our hobby that are definitely like buy and hold types and other people are investor types, but yeah. there's another sort of collector archetype, which is the person who you know turns something every six months to a year. I know a collector who 
you know, deliberately buys something and moves it about every month and he just wants the experience just constantly flowing. Absolutely. Well, and I guess also I was alluding to that one little spot in the box and yeah. uh, you're right. <laughs> Some of us uh, collectors are, uh, the whole box is uh, that. And We're so called quarters yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best kind. So, um, so it's a great program to, to find a way to experience different pieces. And Matt, as you know, and your uh, many visits here, um, there's always something new and different in that um, experience. So yeah, there's also like this hybrid of the two, I think, and I think you're alluding to it too, Ben, where you might have like a core two or three or four, yep. and then you keep that one spot or two spots where you like to just churn and burn a little bit, find what's fun, experience it, yep. and then maybe keep moving on. And yep. I think that's a fun way to do it too. You might have some things that you never let go, and you might have some things that continually evolve. Yep. It's a great way to remind ourselves this is all supposed to be fun. So that's what it's about. So, you know, I think one of the biggest things too, this is just me thinking out loud to myself, but we hear people talk about this all the time in the hobby. And that is, you know, it's, if it's time to downsize the single biggest obstacle for, I think most people is the process of selling a watch. Even, even now things are about as easy as they've ever been, Right. but it's still such a pain in the butt. And this kind of eliminates that as an issue in right. as much as 80%. That's, that's about as good as you can do on most things that aren't like true hot commodity watches. Yeah. That's, that's very fair. And I feel like it's competitive and perhaps the only thing that we can't help with is that emotional component where you're like, am I sure I want to move on from this piece? That kind of thing. But you know what? The, that's what the case is there for. And uh, yeah. that's what we're here to help with. So well, speaking of the case, so you were kind enough to let me take a look at it a few minutes ago, and I pulled, I literally grabbed these two watches, two examples of what you have in the case right now, and I, I kind of hit them behind my back, walked in, Greg had not seen them, and I'm just like, left hand or right hand? Mm-hmm. So he called left hand, and in the left hand I was holding, and I don't know the reference number to this, and I, don't, I won't put you on the spot if you don't either offhand, but this is something I've never seen before. You mentioned, you you know, you have the, um, the Breitling Aerospace I'm with you. That is one of the coolest, especially like an analog digital format watch. So legit, incredible. This is essentially the same watch in full 18 karat gold. Correct. I have never seen this before. This is amazing. Things incredible. Never seen it before. Yeah. Yeah. 18 karat gold case and bezel. I I can't tell. It looks like the handset and the indices might be Uh, gold deployant. The, the leather strap is amazing. It's just a completely different look. This is, if the watch that you have there, kind of the, the garden variety aerospace is the watch worn by like the line pilot at Delta. This yeah. is the chief pilot's watch. This that, is yeah. like the boss's watch right here. Unreal. That's the CEO of United in 1989 right there. That's yeah. the experience. But um, from what I understand, that was a limited edition of one of uh, 100 pieces. Frankly, that... To your, your point, that's the first time I've ever seen a piece like this. So yep. um, I'm lucky to experience it in our case here. So Yeah, no kidding. I'm going to torture James Stacy by DMing a picture of this. <laughs> like gold, I'm sorry, gold and Breitling Aerospace. You're going to torture yeah. a few people. Yeah. yeah. If you, you send that one out. Yeah. I'm, I'm being tortured right now. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, daily yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's phenomenal. And then the other piece that I grabbed also, because we're kind of on, right, Greg, kind of a gold jag lately. Absolutely. This is one of the most classic looking things I would ever, I, I can imagine. So this is an Omega Seamaster, um, basically the tri-compacts layout chronograph. I'm going to guess this is about 37 millimeters. Yeah. 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 
Yep, no more than that. 36, 37. Yep, yep. And uh, again, don't know the reference, but folks, if you can picture like the classic Hoyer um, Carrera chronograph, it's essentially what this looks like. But this also is just amazing on like a, a dark gray, you know, croc strap alligator, it says. Uh, this is, you know, pre-owned for four grand. And this is the kind of thing that presumably somebody could buy, take this around the block. Absolutely. And come back in a year and say, hey, maybe it's a little too dainty for my wrist or whatever. But having had the experience, get essentially 80% on a trade for the next pre-owned. Exactly. Yeah. Or even just, you know, to your point, less so like too dainty or just not myself. I just, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And now I want to see what else is in the case because right. there's amazing things there, right? Like that's maybe one of the, the rotating spot in the box. Yeah. Could become a keeper though easily. Yeah. 100%. Well, anyway, this is amazing. That's kind of why we wanted to feature this because again, it's not something that I'm aware of. You know, Feldmar has always been great to, I think, the local community. It's a, a destination watch place here in Southern California. And frankly, you know, beyond. Folks, if you if you need a watch and you have not talked to Jimmy or Ben or Jamie at Feldmar, you need to either call or, you know, send a DM. I know for a fact you guys ship watches all over the place. Yeah, we do. And, you know, the pre-owned experience here is great. And obviously a lot of pre, or what's what I'm looking for, premium brands in the, the new luxury watch space here too. So Omega, we're in the Breguet room right now recording. Um, you know, Blancpain, Glashuta Original, Parmigiani, but also, you know, Seiko, G-Shock, uh, IWC, the, the works. Yeah, and the, and the pre-owned case is really diverse, you know. Yeah. So I'm curious, how do you, how does that come together? Are you finding those from customers? Are you sourcing them as well? Like it's a really cool, diverse collection. Yeah, we're pretty proud of uh, the assortment that we built up in there, um, and a lot of that's our uh, Pawn Stars experience there. That's the you never know what's going to walk in. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's it. That's how we've built up that sort of war chest. So. Um, so we do trades, uh, we do purchasing. So, um, so if you're perhaps in the market of just trading towards something new or uh, looking for a direct sell as well, we're, um, we're in that business as well. So um, you can help us with the uh, assortment. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you coming in and, and buying these watches and trading things in that, that essentially winds up in the case and somebody else gets to enjoy it. Well, Ben, this is fantastic. We know you have a, uh, a shop to run here, so we should probably cut you loose. But thanks for letting us use the space and for talking about the pre-owned program here at Feldmar. It was an absolute pleasure, guys. Take care. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Greg, all the uh, technical difficulties aside, being on, you know, kind of on the road with our gear. Uh, the Feldmar Roadshow. Maybe that's what we'll call this one. Absolutely. Maybe so, right? It is the, uh, like the ultimate watch field trip for us. Before we close out, we were given an opportunity to take a look at something special. Well, actually, a lot of really cool watches, but we, we pulled aside the thing that really grabbed, I think, both of our eyes, and I'm still sort of gobsmacked looking at this watch. We'll have pictures of it for the feed and stuff like that, but kind of give us a quick walkthrough. What is it that they let us play with here? We have the Parmigiani Florier Pantograph, and I think probably some folks have seen this maybe just on, you know social feeds or, you know, I think Hodinkee and the like have, have covered it. It's, it's an oval, you know, rose gold watch. And the best way to describe it is the most telling characteristic is probably these telescoping hour and minute hands. Um, 
Matt's kind of advancing the hands now, but we're just taking some video. Essentially, as you advance or uh, the, the minute and hour hands, the hour hand telescopes in and out to match the allowable space that the case is, 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 is giving as an oval. So for instance, at 12 and six, it telescopes fully out and it sort of has these uh, uh, sort of accordion style um, uh, uh, handsets. So it's fully extended at 12 and six and it contracts to its shortest length at three and nine. Yeah, so if you think of kind of comparable designs, now granted, this is a real definitive kind of ovoid shape, right? But if you think of other sort of oblong watches, so, you know, Cartier Tank, mm -hmm. um, think of something like, uh, you know, a JLC Reverso, mm -hmm. the handset has to be pretty stumpy yes. because it's, it's restricted width-wise. So that hour hand really has to be pretty short in order to be able to accommodate the case narrowness at, as you said, at three o'clock and nine o'clock. And what's cool about this is just sort of in slow motion as the handset kind of works its way all the way around the dial, it is expanding and contracting like a bellows. Yes, like to, a bellows, that's to, a good description. To fill all of the space. And so visually, when you look at it, it's basically you know, kind of staying the same, but, but changing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal technology. I think the thing that strikes me, it took me a minute, but is how like massive and complex and well finished the central like the pinion housing is instead of just being like a pin that's holding the handset this thing looks like a bank vault in and of itself <laughs> and it's just this amazing hunk of like rose gold i'm assuming this is 18 karat gold all the way through and through the display back the movement on this is just incredible and it's sort of like a, a rectangular exhibition back would you is that a good description and I don't know if the movement itself is also rectangular yeah um, it's clearly not round no but yeah the way the bridges are laid out and the plates um, just a ton of jewels in here it looks like it has swan neck regulation kind of like uh, you know some of the German watches right and phenomenal thing and I, we don't have any specs in front of us but this thing on the dial 192 hour power reserve if I'm reading this right that's incredible Incredible. How would you describe the case? Because I mean, the loves are dramatic and very cool. Yeah, they are. And you know what? I, there is a term for this kind of lug. It is very sort of stylized. Uh, you know, I assume that they're probably laser welded on um, or whatever process they do with gold. But uh, it, it almost looks like, you know, kind of the legs of like a, a antique table. The bezel, when you look at it like this oh I didn't you know, even there's, catch there's that. significant kind of three-dimensional shape not just with curvature. the bezel but mm -hmm. even even in the sapphire I was gonna say the sapphire itself curved yeah it looks like sort of that um, sometimes uh, I've got that Tutima chronograph and I think they call that a stadium dial where yeah. you know there's this concave kind of uh, along you know the red hop but it's covered by a flat uh, sapphire this has a similar effect except the sapphire itself kind of curves in to match the concaveness of the rest of the watch. And I think what it is, is the sapphire, I think, is flat. It's just that it gives you the visual the way that this, uh, this watch is built, this, this bezel. It's not, it's not super wide. So, you know, I've got, I pulled up some specs real quick. We're not huge on specs, but I think it helps in this case, given that it's such an unusual construction. Yep. You know, it's listed 
you know, back in, I guess, 2016 is maybe when this first launched, but uh, it's listed at 45 millimeters by 37.6 yeah. by 12, 12 millimeters tall. Um, so it gives you a sense of sort of what the dimensions are. It's not, it's not a diminutive piece. No. But given the height not being too much and given the curved lugs, it actually sits pretty well on a wrist, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm wearing it right now on my right wrist and this feels fine. It looks fine. The lugs are, are like, you know, really deeply curved. Very. They, they articulate downward. And um, I'm happy to see that the strap, which is extremely high quality, the strap is um, not leaving any kind of noticeable gap because those lugs are, you know, pretty massive. And they definitely, they add to the lug to lug distance. But the way the strap sits, it's pretty close to the case, like very close. In fact, I'd be interested to see if there's actually a little bit of recess in there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, where that, that strap meets the case. Just a phenomenal piece of, of high horology here. You know, the dial itself, 12, 3, 6, 9 markers, no running seconds, um, date window above 6, and you've got sort of, I hesitate to say guilloche, but there's there, it's a textured pattern. Um, that Parmigiani's done on a number of their pieces, and yeah. it's very high. It's 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 exquisite. Um, just real, like you said, just an example of kind of high horology. And I think it's an interesting piece for us to sort of wrap on on this episode because it shows. I think it also displays um, and showcases Feldmar's depth and breadth and range. Yep. I mean, you can come in here, right? And we, you and I, you know, you, you we come in here and you can pick up a Seiko and a Hamilton and and any number you know, of other brands that I think are accessible for a lot of folks. And if you're really looking for something unique and, you know, high end, you're going to find it here too. Yeah. What do they, uh, what does Ferris Bueller say? You know, it is so choice. <laughs> if, you, if you have the means, I highly recommend this watch. Actually, I just highly recommend a trip. You know, I think we're going to kind of blow through the recommendations today because we are, uh, you know, we're occupying the, the Breguet room here. So we need to clear out in a minute, but uh, my recommendation is come here and come into the store. If you're in Southern California, if you're in California at all, if you're passing through or have a long layover, get an Uber and come over to uh, Pico Robertson here in Los Angeles. So full disclosure, Feldmar, we've known these guys for a long time, you know, helping us with our beer project and have just always been super welcoming. If this sounds like a commercial, it's because we want it to. It's, they deserve uh, a look. So with that, I think we want to extend a, a, a huge congrat, uh, thank you to Feldmar, to Dre for joining us. Thank you, ben, Dre. And uh, the whole team over here, really, there's just too many folks probably to name, but if you want to you know, name drop anybody, feel free to. Oh, yeah. You know, I think um, you know, our friend uh, Jason works with Fred Brown. I think a lot of people know Freddie Yarmus here. Um, Morgan King, I believe, buys watches from Laurel, the watch mama. And so, just people like Jimmy who've always been. Oh yeah, and, and everybody and knows Watch everybody, Feed. So, so good enough, man. Well, well find Feldmar. You said you told him the location. You can find him at you know um, at the website um, at Feldmar Watch on Instagram. They're very active. You can find all of Dre's watch reviews uh, there as well. Hashtag Junior Horologist. And I think that's a wrap, folks. That's it. Dre, do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cheers, folks. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. 
You can find us on Instagram at Spirit of Time Podcast and contact us at Spirit of Time Podcast at gmail.com. As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.